Podcasting worldwide from Vancouver, Canada. Welcome back to the Personal Process Podcast. The show that takes you through the growth, hardship, self-discovery, lessons, and stories of individuals who achieved success in their own personal path. Trust the process. Welcome back to the Personal Process Podcast. My name is Param, and today we are blessed to have my man, Joshua Jakai here. He is the multiple business. Is front runners being one of the most iconic in the SFU community <laughs> that we both went into. Everyone's rocking it, especially those, uh, what's it called? The snapbacks. My guy's got a rocking over there. And he actually has a digital agency now called the Jakai Agency. The niche is a little bit e-commerce, but if I'm understanding it correctly, Josh, you are able to work with other brands as well. And yeah, you know, Josh has been a football player. He was a valedictorian for his class. And yeah, I think we're going to hit some uh, depth into this uh, interview, Josh. But I think, is that is there anything else you wanted to add in there? No, man, you had, you, you like reminded me about stuff. I, forgot about. <laughs> like, <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you uh, having me. Definitely. Thank you. Thanks so much, Josh. And uh, I appreciate you coming on and really blessed and happy to do this. So uh, I'm going to hit some heavy hitters right here uh, for you, Josh. For sure. What, what's like the hardest thing that happened in this entrepreneurial business life that you didn't expect? Because, you know, I feel like in like Gary V, we always see like, you know, go for your passion, go do this. And, and like, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, you get hyped up, right? You're like, oh man, I'm in like sixth grade. I'm going to drop out of high school I'm, or not even high school. I'm going to start a business and all this. But like, what was it like? Because you've had your feet wet in so many different industries from fashion to e-commerce. Tell me how that's been. Yeah, man. I think honestly, the the biggest, the hardest thing about this journey is more so like the uh, the loss of like relationships or like missing out on like family time you know like i have a uh, 12 to 14 nieces and nephews back back in the bay area and uh yeah i don't get to be there you know uh seeing them grow up like the other day my brother-in-law sent me uh a photo of like one of my nephews who i remember i like changed his diapers and now he's like running for 90 yard touchdowns you know wow and he's nine years old and it's like damn you know those are the things that that suck. And then, you know, of course, like um, failed relationships, whether it be with business partners or or like a, a girlfriend or something like that. Um, you find that a lot of the time, if you don't manage it correctly, and even if you don't govern yourself with how you contribute to your relationships or appreciate certain relationships, uh, yeah, you'll find yourself that you end up losing some some of the people that you love the most, you know, in yeah, that that's probably the hardest hardest thing. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that most billionaires you see they've been divorced, you know, or they're going through something like that, uh, or they haven't been married. So uh, yeah, I think that's definitely like the hardest part that um, I don't think is talked about enough in 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 the entrepreneurship community about the heartbreak, the heartache, and the missing out of birthdays, uh, the touchdowns, all those little things that like like warm your heart whenever you think about it like those things it it keeps you up at night but it keeps you going at the same time right 
And with regards to your comment on like, you know, you have to govern yourself properly, make things work. You know, you've been in this game for how many years have you been an entrepreneur? Like at least 10, I think, right? Yeah, I would say um, because for me, I, I don't really count like entrepreneurial until you can like uh, earn a living, you know, off of it. So I would say that started for me in 2016, I'd say. Okay. Uh, more so on like the digital marketing side and the clothing side kind of fed into that too. Um, so yeah, I'd say about 2016 where it's like, I've been able to pay all my bills, you know, and off of the businesses that I was running. Uh, yeah, I would say it's been since, yeah, 2016. Right on. Do you know what that reminded me of, Josh? Have you seen that uh, Muhammad Ali quote? It's like, I don't count the number of pushups I do. I count when it starts hurting. And I feel like that's kind of, mm. that's how we know this guy's elite right here. Right, Josh? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. But like, I guess what I was trying to say, Josh, like you've had so many years in this game and I want to know if you could speak to that first year, Josh, that's just diving into entrepreneurship, let's say even free grabbing you. So like the actual start, you know, starting sewing up some clothes, making the style, making the fit. Like, what would you tell him? What advice would you give him? Like practical advice, not just, you know, spend more time with family. But is there anything objective that you've done to change that reality in your most yeah. recent years? Yeah, let me think about that, actually. That's actually a really good question. I've been asked that before. Um, if I could go back to that first day, um, it's a hard hit. I would, yeah, yeah, no, it really is. It, <laughs> it really, really is. Uh, I would most likely, I think it's like a few things. It would definitely be to like, soak up as much game as or information as possible from somebody that's been there before or that's like already successful at it feeding their family with it um i think at the time when i'm young i was actually inspired by a brand in my city called imperium and i thought i could do it better than them so that was another reason why i started so like i wasn't going to them for advice there i automatically saw them as like i want to be better than them competition yeah, yeah. Um, and I would definitely tell my younger self that like, uh, go ask them for advice more so, um, because that can save you a bunch of wasted money, wasted hours, headaches, and, uh, a lot of, yeah, you know, just bumps and bruises that are easily avoidable. Um, uh, that would be, yeah, I think that'd be the main thing, honestly. Um, the first thing that I would tell myself, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely that there's. There's things I think that um, down the line at different stages, I, I tell myself, but I know that uh, like a lot of the things that there's lessons at each step, right? Like, but at that early first step stage, like I would have definitely told myself, find like somebody that's been there before. That's where you want to be and ask them like a million questions, very specific questions and then start. Yeah. That's money, man. And you know, it's, I feel like this is kind of, um, I don't know if you'd agree with me, but this is kind of like what comes with maturity and understanding. Cause I feel like when we're like kids, we're just like, man, I want to be the top gun. I'm going to take over the world. And then you're just like, but why do I have to like take over the world by crushing everyone else? Why can't we do it together? And I think yeah. I, I'm going to ask you about this a bit later, but like, I think when we work together, we're able to just, um, get a lot more ahead and enjoy our life. But before we get on to this question, Josh, 
I just wanted to ask you, you mentioned that you wanted to ask these people who are at a stage that you want to be at very specific questions. Now, mm-hmm. what are these specific questions? Because I got a, a lot of people are thinking, man, you know, you're making your living yeah. here and you know what to ask now. So what should a new entrepreneur be asking? Yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely say, um, and this is more so specific with clothing. Um, what is like the most, I would say like the most cost beneficial way to go about producing a t-shirt or like to getting your shirts printed because just to give you an idea like the first t-shirts we got printed um we got about 40 t-shirts and it cost us about 500 dollars. it was like a one color front print one color back print then we had we got like our brand printed in the as, as a size label and you know that comes out to anywhere between 12 to 15 dollars you know um but no actually yeah about about 12 to 15 dollars a t-shirt and looking back at that we shouldn't have been spending more than eight dollars a t-shirt you know and but we just didn't know like uh no you go to the wholesaler and get your blank t-shirts you don't order that through the print shop because they're going to mark it up so it's like uh, I think Elon Musk calls us like the first principles thing of like where you break down. Uh, he takes it from physics, I believe. But it was like where you break down every single part of the system or the thing you're trying to make. And you look at the individual costs and see how much each of those things cost and um, see if there's some way that you can, you know, make it as cheap as I mean, spend the least amount as possible. with getting the same result. Um and that's like what I would ask. I'd be like, okay, what is the best way to go about uh, bringing printing fifty of these T-shirts or a hundred of these hats? Um, yeah, because at the when you take in like shipping costs, packaging costs, taxes, um, returns, it adds, it adds up, man. Your margins become very, very thin. And don't get me started on like advertising or the stuff you have to give Ooh. away. You know? Yeah. Um, so it's like, yeah, all those things add up. So I would definitely look at it more from like a, um, a cost standpoint. I would ask like a lot of cost big questions, like how can I save on shipping? How can I get cheaper blank t-shirts? How can I get cheaper printing? How could I get, you know, just cheaper things like that? Or like, what's the most cost beneficial way to go about marketing? Like, Hey, I saw you ran an advertisement with this artist and you paid them X amount, was it worth it? You know, things like that. Um, Because I find that the same reasons we thought that brand was boring was the same reason they were sustainable. Um, Because, yeah, it's hard. It gets really like technical, like clothing, but it made a lot of sense. It made a lot of sense as I started to go down the path where it's like they're using the same print on different T-shirts, different hoodies, different uh, sweatpants. and it's cheaper that way because you, the printing is based on a wholesale cost. So the more prints you get of that same design, the cheaper it is per piece. Right. So I used to think like, damn, like they need to have more variety or something. But no, that actually shrinks your margins like crazy, you know. Yeah. And so it's uh, just really technical stuff like that. But I feel like um, when so- you're getting started, you don't think about like the first principles, <laughs> you <No>. know. <laughs> 
And and Josh, you had a lot of good points there. So when you were talking, it kind of reminded me of um, Kobe's quote and rest in peace. You know, yeah. he was kind of mentioned, he was always coming in the court 5 a.m. or like 4 a.m., probably even earlier than what I'm saying. And he was just practicing the fundamentals. And like yeah. reporters are like, why are you doing this? Like, why do you think I'm the greatest? And your points are like the first principles. Go back to the basics. You need to make sure everything lines up. And I think another point that you said that really resonated with me because I'm really taking my own show a lot more seriously than I have now is the higher level strategy. It's like initially when I first started my show, and I don't know if you can speak the same for your businesses, I focused on such minor details. Like, you know, should I put like a, a design with this on our StreamYard uh overlay should i do x y and z on this post should i send an email with a long message or a short message and it's like yes mm. these these are important but at the end of the day if like you don't have any profit you don't have any incentive for people to stick around for sure for sure the value yeah that's true that's that's really huge that's definitely huge and i resonate with that a lot and yeah the kobe like the mamba mentality is very interesting to me in I found that like um, I I was I I read the book uh, Tim Grover. Mm -hmm. um, he has I think it's one about winning and then one called Relentless, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and he did like a long press run too. And uh, he was on I think it was Lewis Howes' uh, podcast, or and, um, and he did an interview with him. And Lewis Howes, I guess, like interviewed Kobe. I think a year before uh, he passed, and. Um, Lewis Howes was talking about how hard it was just to get that interview. But when he got there, like his assistant told him to be there at like 3.30 or 4 a.m. And so, you know, Lewis Howes knows like this is Kobe. So it's like, let me beat him there type of thing. And Lewis Howes gets there and he is he gets put in a room by the assistant and he's just sitting back, just chilling, just looking around. Then he like sees through, I guess it must have been glass windows or something. Yeah. And he sees it's like dark, you know, it's like 4 a.m. And he sees like somebody just sitting in a chair and like glasses down, just looking up at the ceiling. And he was like, holy shit, like that's Kobe. <laughs> like so, <laughs> <laughs> so it was like he was that like who knows how long he was there already, you know. But one thing I'm I've seen just through people that are great is that they 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 have their self-reflection time in whether they got advice from somebody or they're reflecting on yesterday um they're very like self-reflective in that sense um because one thing that i would also tell myself now that i think about it is that don't feel like you need to do it the exact way that this person's doing it. You know, yes, take a few pieces here and there, but do what works for you. Um, because, yeah, I mean, you'll it's, it's, it's impossible for anybody to do the exact same thing when it comes to building a business or doing something creatively that's going to come out the same exact way from the person you copied or learned from you know, it's, it's, it has you in it, you know? So that's one thing I, I've, I've definitely, um, I've definitely learned. Uh, but that Kobe Bryant thing was very interesting to me because, uh, it's like, here it is Lewis Howes trying to copy the Mamba mentality, but it's like, <laughs> he realized in that moment, like, no, this is different. Like, and you know, it, it's good to pay respect, but you gotta be, you know, your own person, do it, do it, 
do it the way that makes sense and works for you for sure. Absolutely. And I guess speaking on this, Josh, I'm assuming because usually when you know, when I whenever I personally start something new, I always copy someone from the get go just to get my feet mm-hmm. rolling because I don't know what's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, what was the point when you kind of threw in your own creative sauce into it and then realized the effect of this? Was there a particular moment that comes to mind when I speak these words? Yeah, I have to honestly, I have to like give credit to um just where I grew up, like the Bay Area. Um, the Bay Area, we're like behind a lot of trends in pop culture, but we never really get the credit. And honestly, we don't really look for the credit because we do it just because like there's so much fun in being original, you know, like like I'm sure if I came and celebrate a holiday with your family, I would learn your tradition and everything and like the fun in that, you know. And um, that's really where I, I learned it from in more so on a more practical level. Uh, when it came to clothing, um, I always kept like an eye on what was trendy. But then I brought like the Bay Area side of it more so saying, how can I make this my own? What what can I add to it? And this is like a, a rest in peace to Virgil Abloh. That's one thing that he like did on a grand scale, like perfected on a grand scale and not even trying to compare myself to him, but like more so saying it as like kind of an inspiration and something that people can kind of, you know, use as a model to what I'm saying. Um, if you look at his best selling items, whether it was the Jordan one uh, off white that sell for, I think they go for 10 grand now on StockX, uh, he took the same exact concept, but all he actually did was he took the blueprint sketches for the shoe and then just drew that on the shoe pretty much. And mm-hmm. now those shoes are worth more than the actual shoe it was made off of, you know, but it's like just that type of thing, like taking something great, but then putting yourself into it. That That's where it really clicked for me when it came to fashion and even my marketing and just even just, I don't know, just my whole outlook on life. You know, like I'm, I, I just feel like we all have, a very unique spice that can't be duplicated or artificially recreated. Um, so we must like put that on to whatever it is that we're doing. So that's really where it came from. The Bay Area gave me like that confidence because that's just in the culture. You go there, we have our own slang. We dance a very specific way. Um, whether you're black, white, Filipino, Indian, brown, like we all have the same dialect you know we're in the same parties and stuff so yeah yeah it's that's definitely where it came from the bay area that's it man Mm -hmm. i I felt that yeah and yeah you know like this is a thing i feel like when i was a lot younger i always shied away from being my own self right yeah yeah we all have yeah we all have man we're trying to you know like look good we're trying to you know uh, get a girl's attention that we like that we probably couldn't get me with my oh, mustache yeah. back back in the day <laughs> trying to be a uh, good looking not a good look don't do that oh, you're, you're ahead of the curve man <laughs> i couldn't get that stash for the life for me until oh, man. Like, after high school my yeah. guy my guy well i mean you're like 25 inch arms probably does a number on that one <laughs> but uh but but josh i, I want to kind of swing back here because you know we're putting our creative side into this but i think I want to kind of go into like a little bit of a deeper aspect because 
even though you're in a very creative industry, you have a lot of rigid structure in your life that takes away from other aspects of your life. I want to know what was the biggest challenge, like the biggest point where you were like, maybe I shouldn't even be in business or you just reconsidered the sacrifices you had to give. And this could be a personal relationship, one with family, one with your romantic partner. Take it how you will. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing about like business is that there's all like, there's multiple of those, you know, uh, and I feel like it's at different stages, you know, you, you experience those big things. Um, cause yeah, like I, I, I think of multiple when you ask me that I can't think of just one. Um, I think of like two to three in particular. Um, I think the first the first probably that uh more so when it comes to front runners it was definitely um what year was this i think this was 2018 um i had just came back from like vacation not vacation cuz i don't really i haven't gone i don't go on vacation really i just go back home to see family um i came back and then that's when like uh I had a, we had a meeting that day and then we were like, um, talking to this one girl that was potentially going to come on to help us with the women's side of things. Um, and then we had like a dinner after it was me and the two other co-founders at the time. And then one of them pretty much was just like, Hey man, like, um, uh, I think I'm going to step away. like step, step back from the, the brand or whatever. And with me, I'm like, I'm 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 always like gratitude first, you know, so I just thank them and everything and I I was surprised a little bit just because like we had an agreement that we were going to stick with it until X like this date, but like it ended up being like 2 years shy of that. And then like right when that one got done, the other one was like, "Oh snap, like I swear this isn't on purpose. We didn't plan this, but I was actually going to say the same thing." So it's like two of wow. the people that I built it with, like they just, you know, um, yeah, they, they pretty much just, uh, stepped, stepped away from, from the, the business and everything. And, um, luckily for me, like I've been through like really serious shit growing up, excuse my French. So that didn't like phase you. Nah, it, 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 it didn't phase me. It it caught me a little off guard, but it wasn't like the worst thing that's ever happened to me. You know, mm -hmm. like my my father passed away the day of like my rival football game and I stood over his bedside, like saying it would you know, before his last last few minutes, you know. So it's like nothing tops that, you know, nothing tops seeing my mom cry uh because she couldn't financially cope after all that, you know, like nothing's harder than that bro so but i think this was more so different on the business side just because um this is my first time this ever happened in my entrepreneurial journey you know where the guys that i that helped build this with me um and they gave me their word and commitment that it would go till x date before we step away or you know change things but you know here it was they were stepping out early and uh with that you have to like look yourself in the mirror and then be like, okay, what now? And for me, I think like my pride, it makes me go into like overdrive, like work harder. Okay. Hmm. 
like this piece is missing now. Okay, what can I do now? That's always been my automatic response. A, a therapist may say that's a trauma response. I don't know, but whenever things get hard, like I work harder, pretty much. And um, yeah, like through that time, I found myself like having to change a bit before I wasn't as cutthroat. Like I didn't like fire people or let people go. Right. Within that next month, I let go like three or four more people, you know? Wow. Yeah. Just because I, I just noticed the commitment wasn't there, you know, and, and it was just a waste of like my time and it wasn't productive to the company. And, um, it kept going for about like a, a year. Um, but then I like actually, excuse me, I like had to sit down for a while because I felt like, uh, I, I like reached like a, a peak where I was just hitting the wall. Now it, it was like, things will work, but then the next thing we would drop, it wouldn't uh, have like a good return on profit. It wouldn't be profitable. So I find that through my journey, what I do is that I will sit back and that's, um, thank God I have like the marketing agency that I'm able to live off of just that revenue if I have to, you know, and, and that's what I did. But while I did that, it was more so like coping. Like I started, I started therapy finally and all that stuff um uh i just started to look at myself you know take a lot more accountability uh look at what i did wrong what i could do better just went back into like learning mode you know monk mode uh type of type of mindset and yeah i mean covid happened i think like a less than a year after that and then i ended up like doing the best i did all those three years combined prior, you know, when I was doing it in, in like less than one year. So that was like the hardest thing just because it felt like, like, uh, I don't know, it was weird. I think it hurt more so because it felt like I was losing my friends, you know, like these, I didn't grow up here. Those are like my family, you know, uh, I, we would be around each other every day. Like I'm cool with both of their parents. They spoke right. to my parents. Um, like, yeah, I mean, you went to SFU with us. You know how close we were. Yeah. So, yeah, it was very, uh, it was very weird, but it wasn't even like um, we hated each other or nothing. But I kind of noticed that like people that weren't really within that conversation amongst each other, they kind of thought that there was some type of beef or something. Yeah, yeah, when it wasn't that. But then with that, you start to see people treat you different that had their alliance, that they were closer to certain people. And it's like, bro, like what, like, what, what do you mean going by on? So like, say if uh, one, one co-owner, mm -hmm. he was close with another group and then you met that group through him. And then when you see that group, after all of that goes, after the, the split happens, you see that same group again and they're acting like weird. Like they don't want to say hi yeah. or, they're they're like unsure like if they want to yeah. come yes you can just feel like uh, like there's some weird tension yeah and it's like uh man it's not that serious bro like it's you know yeah. <laughs> but but yeah i felt that i feel like a weird thing of like um i don't know it's just very weird because i don't assume anything but I, you can feel you can feel the energy trees. yeah 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 it's it's not the same like handshakes are coming up and like excited to see you type yeah stuff. like not even anything at all so that was that was a little bit weird but i didn't really care about that too much um but it was more so just like 
yeah, like these, these are like my brothers, you know, um, the people I talk to like every day. And now, you know, it's like we probably talk like a couple of times a month, you know, but uh, we're still cool till these till this day. We say happy birthday. We see each other when we have time and stuff like that. But that was something that like that I didn't see coming at all. Like first blind side, like yeah. business wise. Yeah. Big blind side for sure. So there's obviously there's a lot in there. Two, I have two things that I want to talk to you about, though, and this is relating a little bit to the earlier part of the discussion. So yeah. when this blindsided you, you mentioned that you came in with gratitude. OK, so <laughs> I don't know how, how you could do that, Josh. Like I'm saying this from my own experience, like I'd be yeah. like, I don't know, at, at least at least in those years, like I'd be very much like infuriated and like. I may cuss a little bit, um, <laughs> yeah. but, but you came at it with gratitude first. And, and another initial point that was really interesting that I want to dive a bit into is like, you kind of realize like, okay, we're missing a couple of pillars here. I'm going to make up for it and go on beast mode. So like, how did you do that instead of like, have your c company crumble down? Because it's not only that these were your business partners, but these are your homies. And then you went from having that like relationship or support within a business to mm -hmm. just being like a man of one. Yeah. This. So like, Take me through that, man. Yeah, uh, I would say the first for the first part, how I was able to have like gratitude um, in that situation. Um, it was because I have like this philosophy um, that like I don't really know any other way to put it, but like nobody owes you shit. You know, mm -hmm. anything somebody gives you is is a blessing. Like nobody like you don't have to invite me here to come, you know, be on your podcast, your show. Uh, we don't have to open a door. Nobody owes owes a shit, you know. And the fact that I know that these guys put in real work, they were doing those all nighters with me. Like that's why you know my mind went straight to gratitude because I know that they didn't have to do that, you know. Um, they didn't have to dedicate this much of their life to this and sacrifice their free time, their family time, their relationships for this. So I always have gratitude for for that because yeah I I'm a firm believer in like nobody owes you shit you know I don't I don't, I don't like entitlement um, yeah and then uh, what what was the second part just to make sure so, I'm so it, the right? second part was me just trying to inquire about your mentality going forward because mm. these people weren't just your business partners they were your friends and you know like I think we're gonna explore this a bit more later in the interview but like yeah this was a lonely road but those were your homies and like you didn't have enough time with them. And I mean, personally for me, like spending time with friends is a very important part for my mental health and for sure productivity. So like, yeah. how did you go into beast mode after that, man? Yeah. Uh, fortunately for me was that like, I actually was doing the brand before they became a part of it. So like I've, I learned how to like build websites and code at like 12 years old. Um, I already knew how to do photos. I knew how to design clothes. I knew how to market. Um, I knew how to run the website, ship things. So I knew how to do everything, honestly. Um, I think they definitely had a stronger, they were they were more extrovert than me. And that's what really showed. Um, that's really where like the the crutch was um, when, when they left more so was like the, um, the external relationships, like going to, the uh the clubs when these artists are in and, and talking to their managers like that wasn't i didn't enjoy doing it i knew how to do it but i didn't enjoy um but i was able to keep going because i actually 
I knew how to do every single thing in the business if I had to. Uh, and yeah, I, I, it just happened to work out that way because when I first learned how to like code and design websites, that was just a hobby for me. You know, we were in grade six trying to just compete who could have the best blog page, you know, that's all that's what that was like the bragging rights uh, in my sixth grade class. So it was like, but come to, you know, when the split happens, okay, um, I need to manage like the influencers or the ambassadors more, or I need to redo the website, redesign the website. Like I was able to do that. It was just, you know, a little bit uh, more all nighters, you know, <laughs> a few more all nighters for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's such an interesting piece. The point that I was mentioning earlier with regards to the gratitude after, this is something that I'm currently working on. And, you know, I think it's an important piece that you mentioned because even though, like, the situation didn't work out as, you know, talked about, life isn't as linear as we'd like it to be. And, you know, maybe For something sure. happened in everyone else's life where they just couldn't. And I think even looking at it a different way, even speaking, I, I mean, bringing you to dinner and talking about it in person, like, that's that's something right i mean like nowadays yeah, where everyone sure. just ghosting leaving yeah. not even giving the respect and i feel like that's something that um, is really important i think that helps our own mental health from it um but what did i want to mention i wanted to talk to you about this drive so there's a lot of tension and you're pulling these all-nighters like i can only imagine that's going to strain another aspect of your life so is that kind of like a relationship aspect that it's strained a family aspect your own mental health uh, I'm not sure if this is something that you're comfortable in sharing, but like, I'd go crazy if I were you just yeah. to be quite frank, man. Yeah. I think I, I went crazy on like the, um, the trusting side. Hmm. Like I didn't want to let anybody else new into the business really. But then I also, for the people that were there, I wanted to trust them more. Um, right. Because it, 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 it really made me also like look in the mirror of, my flaws, like how did I, how did I cause this, you know, at all? Like what part did I play in this? And, uh, and it's funny too, because my, my girlfriend who's still my girlfriend now, Isabel, um, she might be the most, one of the mo more sensitive people I know and back home talking, like we have, I guess, Americans too. We kind of have like a more aggressive sense of humor. Um, but it can come off as disrespectful to people that didn't grow up with you, you know, or give us an example here. Um, like I don't say, know one on the say, spot. okay. Say like, uh, say like just something simple. Like, um, my, my girlfriend leaves the light on in the kitchen. I'm like, yo, why the hell is the light on? Like, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, something like that. And she'll take it as like, I'm attacking her, you know? Um, yeah. And, and I got to know, I got to like check myself to say like, bro, you have to like be kind, more kind and communicate better to people. That's one thing I know I was like extremely at fault for with the other two co-owners when, when we were running, like I was, I was very like aggressive with my tone a lot of times and very like, like bossy, but not even like on demanding. purpose or some egotistical way. Yeah. Like more demanding, but like at the same time, like I didn't, I didn't allow anybody to call me boss. Like I, I, I don't like being called boss. Like this is ours. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, that's how I look. That's how I always looked at things. But I think more so like the cultural difference of my tone, like, uh, I'm, I don't have the best tone. 
um, when there's like a sense of urgency for certain things. And that that's something I had to check on my check with myself. And I think the what the burnout did is that it it causes that stress and anxiety, you know, because it's really the foundation. If you're not getting good rest, you're not spiritually aligned. And that's when like um, I always knew I wanted to like go into therapy and everything. Um, but I, I finally like had some time, you know, to do it. And it made me, uh, it made me realize through therapy that, uh, like a lot of my trauma stemmed from, you know, seeing like my father get sick and then the struggle that came with that, like, and I was still operating, um, from a 12 year old mindset, you know, where. I remember seeing like my mom begging for like my dad's early retirement when he like got a, had a stroke um, when I was 12 and her like crying and stuff. And then being like a 12 to 13 year old kid, just like feeling hopeless, not hopeless, but feeling like helpless. Like, why can't I do more? I need to do something. And like, I'm, I'm the youngest out of like eight children, you know, and um, I've, I realized through therapy that I've actually been moving from a 12 year old mindset my whole life when it comes to don't work for a corporation because if you have a stroke, they're not going to take care of your family. Um, be careful who you trust, you know, just on those things more so and, uh, or work hard, work extremely hard, you know, when it comes to your business from seeing those financial struggles. So I had to like confront all that stuff. You know, I had to be honest with myself and, um, even look at ways that I may be at fault in my romantic relationships too, you know, and it's funny because like, it's all connected. And that was the crazy thing about that experience um, was the communication with the people I love, but also the communication with myself, you know, like you're not that 12 year old kid no more. And that was a very specific scenario. That's not your whole life, you know? Um, yeah, man, it, it opened up a lot. It opened up a lot. But through that, I find that every time that I've been able to like dig deeper and have those like internal epiphanies, my business goes another level, another level, another level. And I don't think it's a coincidence at all. I, I really don't. I really don't. That's why I'm so big on like that whole self-reflection thing and that whole Kobe story. Like that's so beautiful to me because it's like, we think that we need all this other shit out there. We got to talk to this person, we need this person to approve us, yada, yada. But if you actually just sit with yourself, like really sit with yourself, reflect, like that's that will get you 10 times further than any other conversation. I, I really believe that. I, I really, really believe that. Man, that was, that was poetry in motion right there, my man. I didn't want to even <laughs> talk. It. That, was, that was beautiful. <laughs> Appreciate and it. I'm going to ask you one question quick. I just want to yes or no, and I'm going to follow up on that. If you could go back and remove that failure, let's say your co-founders decide to stay for that allotted time and you didn't have to go through it, would you do that? Yes or no? Oh, man, it's hard to say in hindsight. Fuck. I would no, say, knowing what you know now. Knowing what I know now? Hmm it's a toughie yeah i think I'd, i would definitely let it happen i would like you're asking would i change it i, I wouldn't yeah. change it no i yeah. wouldn't change it no definitely and i love that man because you know 
this is what this whole thing is. It's like the personal process, right? Like you go, like how much of a high were you on that time? Like you guys were growing, you guys were growing, you guys were having a great time and then something falls. And it's like, I think the way that every party handled it was to the best of intentions. For and, sure. you know, like to hear that, like this downfall, I'm not trying to downplay it, man. I can only imagine mm-hmm. how much it sucked, <laughs> but like, I'm so glad to hear that, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm insinuating a little bit, but this is where counseling started for you. And also just like hitting up all those inner demons, you know, this is something that I've recently been going through as well. And like, my guy, dude, I was like living, I don't even know where I was living. Like I'm, I'm a different person now, man. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, a um, when you do that, like walk with yourself and you do that self-reflection or the self work on yourself, you you realize like, oh my God, it's been like this pile of stuff that I have not even been conscious of, but it's been <laughs> running my life forever, damn near, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That is this. And like I tell everybody, like the therapy has been the best money I spent in my 20s, easily, easily the best money spent in my 20s, even more than my degree. Like I, I genuinely mean that for sure. Yeah. It's crazy, man. And, you know, like, I I really love the aspect that you mentioned, like, you know, I'd have some issue and I deal with it. And then my business gets further because a lot of people, I think nowadays going back to all, you know, Gary V and I love Gary V. No, no hate if you're watching this, Gary. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But, you know, like you got to deal with your own stuff. Like you can't put in 25 hours in a 24 hour day and just completely keep everything on the back. And when you deal with these demons you're not Mm -hmm. only just helping your own mentality you're helping your own business go because i don't know if i can speak for you josh but the more and more like i've been starting to journal and this is an episode amazing yeah and this is an episode that is going to be coming on uh if not already on but man dude like my life has changed like my i feel like i have like a aura around me of positivity like i'm not anxious i'm not worried i don't have hate i don't have to like second guess myself 30 times for a decision mm-hmm. and i just go forward you know yeah and it's like why is this not being talked about and when we're talking off air today you know we were talking off air with josh and we said that you know josh wants to talk about these deep things and you know this isn't the most like you know look at me i'm a super successful guy which he is but he wants to talk <laughs> about the stuff that isn't glamorous i mean like how much yeah. Like, I respect you so much for that, Josh, you know, you've you've put in so many years, you've reached a point of like, true success. I mean, you're living in Vancouver, like, let's be honest, (laughs) look look at that setup right behind him. If you're on the YouTube video, (laughs) you know, I I really appreciate that about you, Josh. And I think this would be a nice segue. I just want you to talk a couple, a little bit about like some of the insecurities you have, um, perhaps in the earlier stages of your business nowadays. I mean, we can talk about you know, the whole 2020 situation, if you want to get there, but like, tell me about that, man. And if you're only comfortable with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's crazy. And I, I still fight with this till this day because like my, um, my skill of designing and like fashion, it came from, uh, elementary school and, my family not having enough money to like buy certain clothes and all that stuff, you know, and I wanted to be like the cool kids in school, 
because they got like the good looking girls or like the girls like them and stuff. And um, by the time like puberty hit, that's when I found myself being like super conscious of what I wore. And I had to be very creative with like making it seem like I have more clothes or better clothes or more shoes than I thought. Um, and it's so sad looking back at it a little bit because like kids would literally get picked on based on like the clothes or shoes they wore, or, you know, um, during those times. And as like a defense mechanism, uh, I started to like care about fashion more. Um, mm. I would buy like, like blank t-shirts, but all different colors, even though it was like five for $20, I would like stack up on those to make it sound like I had like a bunch of different outfits and, I would like buy you shoes on eBay, restore them, wear them, and then resell them and then do it all over again. And so like people, like I did that all throughout like high school, from middle school to high school. And people thought that like I had, I was like wealthy and, you know, had a bunch of shoes and, you know, just superficial stuff. And during middle school, that's when I also taught myself how to design clothes and everything. And it wasn't until like I looked at like how much it would cost to get like 10 shirts printed. I was like, oh, I can't afford this shit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I just kept like doing it as a hobby and got more into like the whole sneaker culture and matching clothes and stuff like that. But, you know, just the appearance of looking like I had more than I really did, you know, to keep myself to, to be liked, essentially, you know, and and that's i think something that kind of um that kind of can lead to lack of inspiration sometimes with like front runners for me is because i know that this skill came from an like an insecure superficial place and it's like i want to be very careful that i'm not reprogramming that same vicious cycle of putting value in these superficial things and that's why like I've always tried to be very intentional with the messaging of the brand of move in silence, loyalty initially, um, royalty infinitely, family, you know, things of that nature, because I feel like those morals and those principles are things that have gotten me to the real essence of a good life. And from my perspective, at least, you know, and the people that I respect, they're all extremely loyal to something. They're all extremely persistent, you know, when it comes to something. Um, but I struggle with that a lot. Like I asked myself a lot of times and I asked myself, like, am I doing this to impress other people or am I doing this because Joshua really likes this or really wants this? And that's why, like, still till this day, like I will buy like nice collectible sneakers or whatever, because like that shit's just in me now. Like I, I love like rare shoes that nobody can find that appreciate in value. Like, yeah, uh, but when it comes to certain things, like I could I could buy like a Mercedes right now, but I know for damn well, like I wouldn't be doing that shit for me, you yeah. know, like I live downtown, like I don't need to drive anywhere, nope. you know, like all that, like I don't need to do that. Like I can go to vacation at fucking Santorini, whatever the damn new Instagram place to go is now. Yeah. Like I could go there and take a photo. Like I can take, but it's like, that shit's not for me. Like, who am I doing that for? Um, 
and I find being a creative uh, where you're putting your work out to the public, that's always like this tug of war. It's kind of like, like an image. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, you want to impress people. Yes. You know, to be able to market, to be able to connect better, but then you don't want to lose your integrity at the same time, you know? And wow. that's, that's like that tug of war. And that's what I battle with still till this day. Like my, my girlfriend's been begged, like been trying to get me to do like a couple's podcast with her for years. <laughs> it's like, I'll do it, but it's like, I'm not going to be eager to do it. Like you got to like, you know, set up everything. But yeah, that's something I battle with tremendously. Like that insecurity of how am I coming off? Is it is it truly me or am I doing this to put on or pretend to be something that's just for the likes or whatever, you know? Like, oh no, it's a very weird tug of war. It, it is, man. And it's not just in this aspect. A lot of people have similar aspects, but, you know, I think it stems to that similar um, uh, first principle of trying to be liked by others. For and sure. I don't know if you can speak on this as well. I do want to ask you, first of all, how you go about making sure that you're not uh, being influenced and you're doing it from a place of integrity. How do you go about that? Yeah. Uh, shit, man. It's, we talk, I don't, we talk in some I don't think I have like a formula for it yet, <laughs> to be honest with you. No quadratic but, equation. But I think I think it's like because I'm. I'm like a naturally stubborn person. So, and I have like this, like dislike of, I hate being like the crowd. Like right. if I go outside right now and somebody has the same exact shoes on as me, I'm gonna get upset. Yeah, You know, like I'm, or like if, if I, I just don't like being identical to something or somebody. So I feel like, um, there's like this gut feeling when you create something that you can just feel um, that I think I copied this a little too much, you know, like I, mm. I, I'm not lying. Like I copied this from this person. Um, but for me, it's like, did I put my flavor on it? Did I add something to it? That, that has typically been my, my, um, my compass. It's, it's been like, it's been more of a gut compass. I just, I can just feel it. And then what I also do actually, especially in designing is that I sit on designs for like a while. Like I'll mm. sit on them for a week or a month or so, sometimes longer, but just to purposely come back and see if I still like it. Um, and if so I still good. like it, then I know that that's original. That's something that's, you know, true to me. But if like I look at it and I'm like, yeah, no, then, you know, you can kind of tell from there. But it's something I'm I'm not a pro at. I, I, I still struggle with that tremendously. Yeah. It's a personal process, man. But I, I like what you said there. You know, you look at something and you let it simmer. Because I feel like oftentimes when there's these um, temptations that come about, like, oh, I'm just going to do this. You know, we do it because like we feel that um, this will help us, but we don't know why. But by letting it sit down, I feel like you're letting it lose that initial impulse, which I think. Exactly. Yes. That yes. That's that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. um, man. Yeah. That That's crazy. I'm curious too. You actually said something about journaling. What what do you what have you found that's been able to like um, what have you found through it for yourself? Yeah. So I'm not sure if you can. I think we probably use journaling in a different manner, and that's my assumption. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm not sure if uh, 
you remember this, Josh, but I always used to be a person that always asked like 50 different people about their opinions on something that they would know very minimal information on. Like, for example, I talked to this person, I said this, and now they're not listening to me. Like, what did I do wrong? And I just wouldn't have that self-confidence to like, be like, okay, you know what, maybe this is a them problem, not a me problem. They're just having a rough day, not feeling, wish them well. Um, but yeah, I shouldn't feel anxious about it or anything like that. And I feel like it's just given me an outlet to speak. I think the journaling is just, um, it's similar to counseling in a way, but you're counseling yourself, a person who has a full view of what happened and can give you the best advice. Cause mm. You're creative and I think I'm pretty creative as well. And I feel like when we don't sit down and type things out, our brain is like operating on one solar system, moves to the next solar system. Mm -hmm. One's watching Simpsons, the other one's fighting a war. And you're just yeah. like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, are you, right. what, what about yourself, man? What do you use journaling for? Do you journal? Yeah, yeah, I do. I definitely find that uh, um, journaling is good for clarity for me. Like, What do you mean by that? Um. So say for an example, um, I feel like I have like designer's block or writer's block or just not, there's like, I'm at like a fork in the road. I'm not mm -hmm. sure, you know, and I typically use journaling as like, like just, a, how can I say it? Like, I just allow my subconscious to control. So like, I'll just whatever comes to mind just write it don't even like, think don't plan don't nothing yeah. yeah and man it is fucking scary how powerful the super conscious the subconscious is bro it's like that is the most powerful energy we have as humans um because any time that i've ever let my subconscious take the wheel it's always give me the perfect answer i may not have liked it but it's like, no, there's no other better way to go about this than what I just came across, whether it's journaling or meditation. Um, but yeah, I usually use um, journaling. I find it out. I often do it like after my therapy sessions mm. um, as a way to kind of like organize and get a more uh, conscious and subconscious like connection of what I just learned. Uh, yeah, but I use it as just a way to kind of like freestyle. But yeah. then with my subconscious, but then through that, whatever it is I'm seeking always pops up. You get that yeah. clarity. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely one of my biggest clarities for weapons for clarity other than meditation, I'd say. It's money, man. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy because I, I used to hate journaling and just the, just <laughs> yeah, the writing process, man. I feel you. Yeah. Like, and then I'm just like, okay, you know what? Like, maybe I'll just give it a go and like... Dude, it's changed my life, man, like in such an important way. You know, there's other things too, like gratitude journaling has been huge thing and, you know, reading every day, like, but journaling for me, man, it's just like, it's such an underrated thing. And I mean, like, to be fair, man, before I started this, I'm looking at people like writing things down on a piece of paper, like, and eh, what's this dude? But <laughs> I know what you mean, bro. I know what you mean. It started you know? to become trendy. Like it seemed a little trendy a little bit. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. It's just stupid, bro. Like you just think about it. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, but then you get into it and it's like, it's, I was seeing it at that superficial level, but then yeah. you go in, man, you dive in and it's just like, 
I feel like it's kind of like you're opening the start button on your computer and you're just being able to see all the programs inside, how they're connected, how everything's wired. And you can untangle things that are tangled. You can find programs that are lost and you can't see it on your shortcuts desktop. Maybe that's too nerdy of an explanation. Yeah, no, you're right. You're, you're right. You're definitely right. And when you're saying that, like I'm picturing like Kobe, like sitting down, because that's essentially what he was doing in his mind. You know, that's what he yeah. would do. And apparently like, that was like a routine of his to like get in the office before everybody was there and, and reflect and then go to work, you know, go work out or something. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's just crazy. Like how, how powerful it is. Um, but it takes for God to sit you down for you to realize it. You know, you got to go chase your worldly desires your worldly things. You know, you got to go chase the girls. You got to go, chase whatever status, the grades, the degrees, the accolades. And then, you know, something God, I have this saying, God will sit you down whenever you, you need to sit down. Like there's nothing you can do about it. You just got to sit the fuck down. Yep. Uh, and, you know, when you do that, you'll realize like, oh, wow. You know, if you're ready, you'll realize it. If you're accountable, you'll realize what what's, what you need to realize. Absolutely, man. And do you know the one thing that I worry about, Josh? Because hmm. I agree with you 100%. I think everyone's going to get like clocked in the face, fall down from whatever they had at one point or another. And like, I'm worried, man, because I feel like if you don't have a way to cope with stress, oh, like it could, sure. it could destroy your life. You know, like, mm -hmm. I've, I've had a lot of friends that had issues with like addiction and, you know, like Shit. whether it's like drinking or, you know, using other substances. And it's like, I know that if that happens, like, man, I feel for them, right? And it's like learning how to cope through journaling, through like social connections. It's it's such a pivotal piece, man. And like, you know, even just us having this conversation, man, I guarantee mm -hmm. you, like you walk down the street with uh, uh, Josh has like some nice neon Yeezys, like <laughs> no one's going to be thinking this guy has problems, right? Yeah, and like, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And like you being able to share this story, it's like, wow, you know, this guy's doing his own thing. He has like two businesses. He's been on this grind for a long time. And like even he had to deal with this, like, okay, like maybe I should spend some time and learn how to journal or maybe I should spend some time and meditate. Maybe I should foster a good community of friends that I could reach out to if issues arise. Yeah, man, it's I don't know. Is there anything you wanted to comment on that or? Yeah, no, it's the the, the addiction thing and the people that's like around you that that part is that that's actually huge. And that's something that I think I just kind of um, was able to, uh, how can I say it? I was able to accept through like therapy a little bit, how much that was messing me up because it's like you have, like, say you go through your journaling, your therapy, your self growth, and then you like, you are able to develop a productive perspective on the traumas that were holding you back and holding your community back and the people you love. And then now that you have this new information, you're like, fuck, like, let me go help. Let me go save everybody now. You know, let me go, let me go help, you know? And then you try and do that. And then it's like, no, we're not listening to you. Yeah. You know? And it's like, holy fuck, did I just do all that for nothing? You know, because one of the reasons I feel like a lot of people who do seek to become better with their mental health or their traumas 
is because they want to be good to the people they love. They want the people they love to be able to have them in their life. And they want to be better for themselves, of course, but they want to be able to be a good example and a, a good person for the people they love. So it's like, it was a motivating factor for you to get all that knowledge about therapy, mental health, and things of that nature. But then when you come and try and save or help the people that you did it for partially, and they say, no, that's like, that's another heartbreak, man, in itself, you know, and I've had to come to the realization, like a few, probably like a month ago, that like, goes back to my 12 year old self, that seeing my mom cry, because I loved her, I thought I needed to help. Yeah. So my whole life, I've been thinking love equals help. Help equals right. love. So if I don't help, I don't love people. And right. I had to realize I need to redefine love because the way I'm doing it now, I'm going to self-destruct yeah. because I would, I man, that's what keeps me up at night. Like family, people I love and things that I want to reach higher so I can help more. And it's crazy, but it's like, it's not sustainable. And then I was able to redefine love as like, acceptance you know yeah that whether that's acceptance of self acceptance of your environment the people around you you know um that's that's love love isn't always help because sometimes help can make people dependent and worse off you know so that i think what you said about the environment and the community i think that's something that's also very very overlooked um a lot of the times in the entrepreneurial community is that uh just because you have a business doesn't mean you can retire your mom your brother your friends you can get your friends off of drugs you can get your brother from being an alcoholic or a womanizer like no no no, <laughs> no. and it's not up to you it's up to them yeah you know and that's that's a part that's hard to hard to accept for sure during it, this journey it really is man and I mean, you had such a beautiful insight about yourself and how your love was mixed with helping. And I think the notion about helping others, it's like if someone doesn't want to accept something, you know, like if someone doesn't open themselves up to help, mm -hmm. you're just throwing it away. You're hurting yourself. And I feel like you're hurting, you're making the situation even worse because now there's a little bit of, even though, you know, you're a very positive guy, gratitude first, but I feel like internally there has to be a little bit of remorse coming in and I think if you help someone that has a problem but doesn't want to fix it, uh, have you heard of Alex Hormozzi by any chance? No, I don't think so. Alex, okay. what's his name? Alex Hormozzi. He is a founder. He was a founder of Gym Launch. He's an entrepreneur, and he is a very successful individual. He's popping on social media nowadays. And mm. one of the things that he was mentioning in a recent um, interview with Graham Stephan on his podcast was that I believe it was that. That's where I'm citing it from. But he was mentioning that when individuals are given things that they do not work for, it's too much potential energy. You know, mm. like let, let's say you become a trillionaire, Josh, and I hope you do. And hopefully that's not because yeah, of inflation. So. Jesus Christ, man, that's a topic. <laughs> it's not a, but I'll be a trillionaire in Zimbabwe. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like let's say you want to retire everyone. Heck, give them like mega mansions, give them like a billion dollars each. It's like, if a person doesn't work on themselves and deal with demons that they have, that's yeah. just going to exacerbate their problems. If someone has an addiction to, I don't know, let's say alcohol, and then they just get a ton of money, maybe they'll go into very hard drugs. Maybe, yeah. you know, 
And it's like, it, it's such a hard topic, man. And like, these are topics that I feel that a lot of people don't even think about. And man, this is deep. This is yeah. deep, my guy. <laughs> yeah, it's because like a lot of times too that um are people that have like freakish ambitions. Um, it comes from tremendous like curiosity or like pain, you know? Yeah. And we think that achieving this milestone will allow us to help cure that pain. But then when we, when you achieve this milestone and you've been motivated by pain this whole time, and then say you cross the six figure mark, you know, you make more money than anybody's ever made in your family. And then you come back and try and help and shit's just not working. It's worse down here. It's like, holy fuck. You know, it's like, if it's, it's very like, I don't know. It's I, I'm still trying to understand it because that's something I've, I've experienced, but it's like, it, that's where it comes back to the whole love and acceptance and help thing. Um, but I find that yet yeah, through entrepreneurship, we, we don't talk about how, a lot of those things we believed when we started or motivated us when we started that like kept us going when we started were actually false. Yeah. You know, they weren't true. You know, they, they weren't true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of funny when I was around 12 to 13 years old, I always wanted to help people. I think I had a similar kind of thing as you where I equated, you know, if you care for someone help like, mm -hmm. and you know, I was mentioning to my friend at the time and um, I was like, yeah, I don't know why people get angry and all this kind of stuff. And he got very like aggressive. He's like, well, who asked you for help? I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, my guy. I'm like, I thought it was nice. But, uh, but you know, he had, he had a point. And, you know, I think the, and I wanted to talk to you about this point as well. But I think that when you help someone that doesn't want to get help, it's like you're trying to push him in a direction that he doesn't want to go to. Like perhaps Either. individuals yeah. who are, you know, medicating with, you know, drugs or whatever, whether prescribed mm -hmm. or not drug. They're really trying to avoid themselves and they're trying to blur that out, but they can't. And when you keep coming there, it's like, even though the long term you're helping them, they are trying to live in survival mode, perhaps. And it's like, it's crazy, man. And it's like, you just got to accept it and be there for them when they want to change. And I, I don't, I'm, I'm actually curious about this, but like, have you lost a lot of your friends due to your entrepreneurial journey where they see your success and your come up? And it's kind of like a attack on them in a way because like they know that this is a possibility yeah i think i've more so have lost friends through the entrepreneurial journey is because i had to change like what do you mean joshua that they became best friends with changed how so um like i can't go and party every friday and get bottles you know like i can't like I can, but it's not productive. You know, it doesn't bring me the type of energy that I want. It doesn't bring me the type of women that I want or the type of friends that I want. You know, um, I can't just fly to every baby shower or uh, wedding or something, um, because if I do that, then this is going to fall by the wayside. And that's actually something I'm really working on this year and has been tremendous for like growth and calmness and revenue was just putting systems and delegating tasks uh, into the business. But it's like, um, if I was constantly going to Vegas, vacations, vacations, like 
all this crumbles, you know, and and my peace of mind and my relationship, you know, (laughs) like my romantic relationship. So it's like I think a lot of times when people met me, I was the Joshua that would go out to the club with them and buy bottles or I was the Joshua with them that that would be around girls and stuff like that. You know, I, I was the Joshua that um, cared about looking like this on social media to people or like, um, you know, like playing those surface level games. Um, I was the Joshua that was in the competition versus bridging gaps, you know, bridging relationships. Um but I'm not him anymore, you know? And I think that's actually what caused me to lose a lot of my relationships or I wouldn't say lose, but because I, it's never like, I'm, I can still call anybody till this day, you know? Um, but I would say distance made it more distance between the relationships where we're not talking as often. We're not seeing each other as often. It's just because my priorities had to change to go to the next level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And and that's what I've noticed too. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is. I think that when you start really respecting yourself and respecting your business and respecting your time, that these kind of things happen. And I'm wondering how that made you feel, man, because, you know, Josh is, I was going to say was, but is a very popular guy. But like when this, (laughs) when this transition where, you know, a lot of your friends went from, you know, messaging you up every single day to like, you know, you having to call them if you want to grab dinner with them, like, coupled with the fact that entrepreneurship is really lonely like did you have second thoughts about this venture or like were you ever considering that like man you know like maybe this isn't for me and like you know you mentioned that you moved to vancouver without family you're on your own and like like yeah yeah Yeah, nipsey hustle has like this interview that they like clipped and just like circulates through the social media but he talks about like um you know with his journey with his career and like, have you thought about quitting? He says, like, I, I experience every emotion. <laughs> like, and <laughs> I second that. Like, I've experienced every emotion, um, wanting to quit, wanting to do this forever, um, heartbreak, disappointment, overachieving, underachieving, you know, achieving, um, you know, all that stuff. And uh, it's it's just weird, man, because any time where I tell myself, like, uh, I think I'm going to just stop doing this. And then I just like start to focus on other stuff. Like I'll start to just get random orders out of nowhere. And that's always been like, that's been a story of my life with frontrunners. Every time like I take a break, like there'll just be the spam. I just get orders out of nowhere. And I'm like, I'm not advertising or nothing. Like, and I don't know. I just take that as like a sign from the universe yeah. or God, you know, that, hey, wake your ass up. Like, you know, you ain't good, son. Yeah. Yeah, Like, like, bro, like, what do you like? Wake up. It's time to wake up. Okay. You had no rest, you know? Um, and I've, I've always been very in tune with that when it comes to anything that I do. And I think that's what on the outside can look like persistence to people, but that's really just like, yeah, bro. I felt all those emotions, man. I've thought about quitting, you know, all that stuff. Um, but something just happens, bro. And it just keeps calling me back, man. It just keeps calling me back and I do it. And then every time I do it, it's better than the last time and better than the last time. And yeah, that that's really what, what keeps me going, you know, or like I want, like, or there may be like a specific type of clothes that I want that I don't see. So I'm like, fuck it. Let me just make it, 
you know <laughs> but uh yeah man that, that that that's something i felt but I, one thing that um when you were talking earlier that popped in my mind about it was um i didn't i think the hardest that like i did an audit on like my people around me was when that happened with like the business partners and stuff um mm. that's when i really questioned like why people were here were they here just for like the quote unquote clout or the association or were they really here because this was genuinely something they cared about you yeah. know um and yeah unfortunately i felt like it was more so the the clout side of things and that was another thing that just kind of i just got kind of sick to my stomach a little bit and i had to do like kind of a purge and kind of just audit audit everybody in my life in and of course audit myself and knowing that i'm the cause of that to an extent you know like if i didn't portray this type of image if i didn't uh value certain things then i wouldn't have attracted this energy you know so that that was a big like i don't know it was a big shift for me for sure psychologically Absolutely, man. And again, yeah. lots, lots of things to comment on, but I'll try to go for two. So, you know, like that example there is such a pivotal point. And, you know, I think everything in life is honestly a lesson or a blessing. And I don't know who said that. I quoted that from somewhere. I don't know if you've heard it before, but yeah, uh, heard, yeah. I'm yeah. not sure who said it either. Yeah. Wise, wise man. Um, and, you know, it's like, man, that opportunity for you to self reflect. Cause, you know, the thing is, man, like, when you keep winning, dude, you don't learn anything. Like, don't get me wrong, man. Winning's great. Everyone's there for everyone's giving you hugs and all this kind of stuff. And when you lose, dude, no one's there. But mm. like, dude, the ability because you hit a wall, right? It's like imagine you're running at full speed and then like imagine Roadrunner coming in like, oh, I know. I know that wall for sure. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> yeah, I definitely know that wall for sure. Yeah, man. And it's like, you just get to understand yourself. I feel like until you fail so many times, you don't know who you are until you, you know, go out with so many people, you don't understand what you like. You don't even understand who you are until you do these things. And from that, you go up and up and up. And you know, that's mm -hmm. kind of the personal process podcast, man. You know, you go up, you go a little bit down, you go up, and then you go slam down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And eventually, when you look at the start and the end, it's going to mm -hmm. be positive. But it's not like that day to day. You experience the flurry of emotions. You oh, go in, sure. out, left, right, a little backflip in between. Why not? But yeah. you, you know, man, it's like this is the stuff that needs to be pushed. Yeah. And, and if you imagine if someone, if you watch something like this, Josh, when you were starting your entrepreneurial journey, you kind of be like, okay, you know, I'm expecting I'm going to fail. Okay, I'm expecting that I'm going to experience these emotions. I'm expecting that. I'm going to have a very hard time and, you know, perhaps your ego may be too invested. Like, oh, it's not going to happen to me. Uh, wait, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah but it know, happens. But you know, man, it's like, even if they can take like 20% of that and app, apply into their life, their return on investment is going to be 10 folds of that. For sure. And it's crazy, man. And I guess I'm wondering for that reevaluation, because that was one of the more recent pivotal points in your life. What was, what would you say is like, one to three really big key points. And I think we talked about cutting out people that don't fit your vision and are just using you for the clout. Would you say that there's like two more things that you really had an insight on? Yeah, um, I think the big insight, and this is more of a recent one for me, is the whole, uh, 
operating from that youth trauma that you may have. Mine's was wanting to help stop stop my mom from crying and being sad because my she had to beg you know the the company to give my dad his early retirement so we wouldn't lose the house and everything and me thinking i need to help because i love my mom um but like equating love to help my whole life like you know that's huge for me and something that i'm still even redesigning into my life on a practical level um but just making sure that like you're not being governed from a place of youthful trauma you know mm. um making sure that you're and if you are acknowledging that and then redesigning it from the perspective of what you know now and who you are now, what you know to be true on as honest as you can, you know, um, I would say that that was one huge thing. Um, the other thing that I would say, it would definitely be to like, don't ignore your gifts and this isn't that like follow your passion talk because I think that's just a little too cliche and very <laughs> and like a very dangerous blanket statement. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, with front runners, I, I actually, you know, we were able to grow the social media account. We were able to do influencer marketing, make a website, sell clothes, design, and then what brought the marketing side along was people seeing me do that and wanting me to do it for their business. And it's like, man, I didn't fucking start this to work for nobody or like, you know, to, to do this shit for nobody. But it's like, it was knocking at my door constantly. And, uh, what I realized was that when I started doing that, like, Oh, that's actually, a revenue stream that can give me a lot more flexibility and a lot more security and freedom. And just because, but that wasn't my passion though. Like front runners was my passion, you know? Um, but that was my gift though. Like, you know, you don't ask for your gifts most of the time. Like the God yeah, gives yeah. you, you know what yep. I mean? Like I feel he that. does, he gives you what you need, not what you want all the time. Sometimes he does, but it's like, there's a lot of things that like, we're all good at, but because we don't necessarily enjoy it or it's not the sexiest, we try to avoid doing that. But little do we know if we did that thing and put our energy into it, it can give us the resource to do what we want to do. And I like, man, there's whether it was football, sports, <laughs> relationships with women, bro, like story of my life, man, yeah. story of my life chasing my passion and ignoring my gift or whatever that God was giving me or the universe was presenting to me. Um, I would definitely tell people or encourage even my younger self to lean into that, you know, because that will give you the freedom or the resources you desire to do what you want to do for sure. Yeah. I, I would definitely, definitely say that. Um, and do therapy, bro. Like do therapy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for funny, sure. Man. That's money, yeah. man. And, you know, I think there was a saying, again, I can't remember where it's from, but it was like, if, you know, some higher power wants to give you a lesson, they'll give it to you numerous times until you hit it, right? And it may be painful, right? Like, but you need to be able to, like, 
understand it, take away what you need and go forward from it because it's meant to happen. Right. And it's like, you know, initially you were kind of just like super tunnel vision and focused, but then you kind of opened up your horizon and I'd venture a guess and say that, you know, perhaps by doing that, you may have been open to maybe one or two more opportunities from that mm -hmm. in addition to having a second business and having an additional revenue source, which is obviously super a one. Um, and I think that's fantastic. Josh, um, I think we're running a little bit tight on time, if I'm correct. Is that right? Uh, I'm, I'm good. I think it's 458. Yeah. I, I still have like a little bit more time. I think okay. I'm still like about 530 ish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go into, I guess, let's ask one more question before we go into the closing remarks then. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of wondering, Josh, like, relationships are as are hard just on their own and yeah. you're running two businesses and you're running a business while you're in school and you're on the football team like what are some i guess what's some experiences you've had through this and lessons that other people can take from you to improve their relationships like romantic relationships yeah romantic relationships yeah um i would say like for me um and I think every man experiences this growing up. It's more so like your self-esteem is driven around how many women you can get, you know, and it's not until, well, I'm sure it happens without women, but like, it's not until you get all those women and you realize like, I don't feel any better. Like, I don't like cool, you know, like, yeah, she, her got like, you know, I came around, went on a date with that girl, did whatever. And you kind of feel a little bit more lost than you started. And then you start to realize the guys that are still doing this at 50 to 60 years old, I don't, they don't look too happy. You know, it's kind of miserable. It looks a little weird at that age, you know. And um, you're, I was able to actually like confront that thought of like why 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 do i feel like i need to be around all these women that i don't really like i just like how they look you know like after you have an orgasm you you can't remember why they're here like you kind of get a little disgusted with yourself you know a little bit if you're being honest you know and i realized that it goes back to am i doing this for joshua or am i doing this to please others or to appear cool to others and that was something I, I realized, you know, around the time, like on the football team. Um, and that's when I just got very, very picky and selective with like the woman, women I would like allow myself to even entertain or be around. Um, and I've noticed that uh, I've noticed for me that and I and I, I preach, I, I tell this to every guy like. When you settle down, make sure you settle down with the woman you're crazy about, you know, um, because you will never feel like you're missing out or that will make that will make it easier to, like, keep temptation away from you and be more disciplined. Um, and what I found that through this relationship would allow me to go into it was more so knowing what I want and knowing what I didn't want. And that came a lot from heartbreaks and not to like ramble, but the crazy thing about that time where we were like getting all those awards and stuff, 
I was actually going through like a, a seven year relationship that was ending from back home. Like the biggest heartbreak of my life. But like on the outside, everybody thinks I'm like happy and winning. But like in the inside, I'm like broken heart, bro. Like Drake, whatever, pick an album, you know, pick an old Drake album, anyone. The saddest mm -hmm. one, that was me. And during that time, excuse me. Sorry. That was another thing that caused like a lot of self-reflection for me because it's like, man, I don't want to feel this no more. You know, it's and then it's like right after that happens, I lose my two buddies or whatever, you know, my best friends or my business partners. And it's like, man, I'm losing people I love. And you start to create your boundaries from that heartbreak. And with this, before I met Isabel, I actually had written down like my five things that I want, that I must have in a girl and five things like I just can't tolerate. And they say that for both of those lists, the top three are your non-negotiables, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's when Isabel like asked me, hey, like, I see you have this class. Would you want to study together? I'm like, oh, shit. You know, <laughs> it was it was weird, bro. But it was like as soon as I got very clear on what I wanted and what I didn't want, that's when Isabel appeared. And then oh. we've, you know, been together, you know, since. And not to say that it was like smooth selling. Like, yeah, we had our problems in the beginning. But now, like, we're planning, you know, well, I already told her when I'm going to propose, not the exact date, but like we're planning like weddings. She's moving in in September, you know, and I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel tempted, bro, to like go be around whatever girl is, you know, in whatever club on Instagram, bro. Like, I don't, I don't feel tempted because I'm very clear on what I want and what I don't want in especially in Vancouver, if you go for the girls that are in the club every weekend, you're most likely going to get a girl that's no disrespect to the girls, unless you're working there, that's your job. But the girls that are there all the time, just for fun, you're most likely going to get a girl that may be an alcoholic or a substance abuser and has some trauma she's afraid to uh, confront and comes back into the relationship, you know, and I don't want that, bro. So the thing that I think during that whole entrepreneurial journey through the failed relationships or not necessarily failed, but just the relationships that ended before I was ready for them to end, it caused me to self-reflect on what I want and what I'm not willing to tolerate. And a lot of great things appeared after that. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Everything starts from that, uh, spiral downwards self-reflection and figuring out yeah. who we are and i think yeah. that, that's a beautiful thing man and like i mean i keep saying this but it's the personal process man like everyone has a journey they need to go on everyone has that creative sauce they need to bring into their life and everyone's unique and their own perspective ways they think about things aren't a one size fit all but once we go on mm -hmm. through our journey and obviously our, or ours isn't done yet but i feel like we have such a great appreciation for we who we are the values that we bring to others and through that we can inspire others to do the same when they're willing to take it for and sure i think josh with that said let's go into the closing remarks and the first question i'm going to be asking you is what's your one message to the audience this can be on anything that we discussed today. It could be on something completely tangential. And then after, I'll ask you for your shout outs or you can integrate it at the end. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would definitely say, um, I like to say it's called take yourself to trial. Um, and what I mean by this is whatever it is that you feel you want to achieve or you may be struggling with or anything that's just taking up your conscious capacity, your mind, take it to trial and ask, why am I doing this? Who am I doing this for? Uh, where does this belief come from? Is it me right now or is it me from a traumatic or hurtful place or unproductive place? And go from there. Um, I feel like a lot of those type of things that fill our mind up with whether we want to achieve something or avoid failing, it causes us like a lot of anxiety and we end up avoiding it or running away from it. And or we go seek out advice from a million people, but we actually never get to work. Um, but once we do that self-reflection, you know, taking it to trial, that actually gives us the confidence and the understanding to get to work and not second guess ourselves, you know, to not be distracted or swayed from whatever random critique comments on YouTube or Instagram, you know? Um, yeah, I, I would, I would really leave it with that. The most powerful thing I've ever did in my life was getting to know myself for sure on an honest level. Yeah. Love to see it, Josh. Thank you for that. And where can people contact you for your businesses? What are your social media handles? What would you like to shout out? Floor is yours. Yeah. Uh, for my personal social media is Joshua Jakai, just first name, last name on Instagram. And I'm also a little bit more active on Twitter now as well, too. Um, personal website, I'm redesigning it, but it's joshuajakai.com. And then uh, for frontrunners, it's frontrunners on Instagram and Twitter. Instead of a U after the R, it's a V. Uh, it's just one word. Um, yeah, that, that's how you would get in touch with me. Um, Parham, thank you, man. It's, I appreciate it. It's an honor, man. I really, really appreciate it. Man, the honor is mine, and uh, I really appreciate you. Me and uh, Josh have been friends for a long time, but we haven't hit each other up in a couple of years now. And, you know, within... Yeah, I think last time we spoke was, I, I think, when you came by here. But I feel like we may have talked a bit online in between then, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate man. you, man. You know, it's it it's nice knowing that relationships can last even when they're not nurtured constantly. And I think, yeah, I just really appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, Josh. Yeah, no, man. Anytime when I'm I'm gonna hang this up on my on my wall, and and then when you're like bigger than Joe Rogan, I'm gonna like be bragging to all my friends and guests, like, hey, I was there first. <laughs> hey, my guy, see this? I'm an NFT this or something. <laughs> oh my goodness, are we going to the NFT conversation? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't, I don't know enough. I don't know enough, but I know by, by then I will. Yeah, sure. and I think if we learned one thing from the, the part, intro part of the conversation, we can't uh, be bigger than Joe Rogan. We got to come at him from advice and That's go true. to symbiotic wavelength. We can both coexist. There's That's enough true, pie man. for everyone. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm keeping it. I'm gonna hang it up in the crib. Whenever somebody comes in, I'm, I'm actually put that right by the door when somebody comes in, bro, just so they know what's up. I appreciate you, Josh. <laughs> yeah, Fair yeah, enough, likewise, man. man. Fair enough, likewise. my guys. So I think uh, with that said, thank you again, Josh, and mm -hmm. to the viewers and listeners of the Personal Process Podcast. Thank you for joining in again. We hope this episode brought you immense value, and we hope to catch you on the next one. Cheers. Peace. 
Hey everyone, I'm back after another amazing episode with another amazing guest. We hope we added value into your life so you could take the tips from this episode and fuel your process forward. If you enjoyed our episode today and think other friends or family members may also appreciate the lessons that our podcast brings, be sure to share us with them. Subscribe and rate our show so we know how we did. And always remember, trust the process.